I think what we need to see is construction companies collaborating with experts that are VR and AR experts um, to form a, you know, a utility, uh, you know, together. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Garrett Isham. He's the CEO and founder of Platform XR. Over the last seven years, he's led Platform XR, a software application development company with a focus on virtual reality, augmented reality, and mobile tools and applications. Welcome to the show, Garrett. Cool. Thanks for having me, Todd. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm excited. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, so how did you get into this crazy industry called construction? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, as you mentioned, uh, we come from it from a not necessarily the construction angle, but from a you know, software development angle. Uh, we focus on uh, immersive technology, primarily AR and VR, and we apply the tech to uh, useful uh, purposes in different industries. Um, and so what we like to do is find applications, like I said, real world purpose applications to, uh, for the technology to be used most effectively. Um, we've been lucky enough to partner with big companies like Kaiser Permanente and AT&T. Uh, and we also focus on proprietary utilities. Uh, like I said, moving into, into industries like right now, manufacturing, architecture and construction. So that's where we come in. It's, we are not necessarily from the uh, construction background, but applying the technology um, to the best purposes within its uses in construction. Yeah, what's well, been one of the adjustments, learning adjustments coming into construction from the, the software side of things? Oh, uh, I mean, you name it. It's it's there's so many different facets that you kind of you know are are learning every day uh, when you're talking about applying this technology in a more useful way than how we've seen it, uh, you know, prior or currently being used in the in the actual field. Um, I'd say the biggest learning curves are the um, sort of a a conversational learning curve of bridging the, uh, well, no pun intended, bridging the gap between the software world and well the done. more tangible well construction world. So it's, it's a library of language and, and understanding of technology, technology, what it's capable of, uh, how it can be, be most built to be utilized properly. So that's kind of the biggest learning curve so far is just, um, discovering how you can have these conversations most efficiently. Mm -hmm. How would you characterize the, the current rate and nature of technology adoption within the construction sector? It's been encouraging, I think slow, but uh, there have been utilities that have come out to uh, show proven benefit of adopting the technology. Um, but understandably, there have been uh, kind of a slow rate of adoption uh, I'd say it's gradual on the cusp. Uh, it's kind of been a catch-up game for the tech, the hardware, and the software to be uh, in a spot that could be easily utilized on a you know on a day-to-day -day job site. Um, so I mean, 
just in construction in general, how it compares to things like, you know, manufacturing uh, with tech, tech adoption, the, it kind of seems to be the same sort of criteria. It's like the, um, there has to be like a threshold of, you know, cost, uh, efficiency and performance with, um, you know, the actual headache or usability. And, um, and, uh, there has, there's just kind of an inherent apprehension or pause to, to adopt something like AR, uh, to a job site. I mean, I completely understand it's, it's a weird concept, you know, an AR headset, uh, in general, a lot of people aren't familiar with it. Uh, what can it even do? You, you know, it's kind of like along, along those lines, there's a lot of skepticism. Um, and then also, you know, trying to figure out how it can be best utilized is something where, uh, you know, you have, you have sort of, uh, development coming at it from one angle and then construction coming at it from one angle. And there seems to be sort of this, um, area where, where it's not quite fitting as far as what could be, you know, a useful utility for many facets, not just like a monopurposed solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you see, uh, utilities, uh, really adopting the technology that, that maybe construction can, can learn from and for that matter, even learn from, you know, how manufacturing is, is doing it or, um, you know, other industries, what can construction kind of glean out of that? Honestly, there's this similar issues. I'm not sure if, if um, you know, the things we're doing in manufacturing are more, uh, you know, labor-centered, uh, you know, technician-centered. So it's about, you know, diagnosing uh, issues with certain machinery and troubleshooting and and repair sequences and stuff like that, but are more, you know, intuitive level than that. But that's the basic idea. Um, the same hurdles exist with manufacturing that we're seeing with construction. I think it's, it's really the, um, a lot of the industry is, is not, um, they're apprehensive to take on a new technology that hasn't been proven, right. Mm -hmm. Or at least proven enough or has a solution that has clear, well, the clear benefits are there, but, but as far as follow through, you know, um, there's, there's parallels between the two industries and in that there's been solutions that have come out for those, you know, purposes that have kind of missed the mark or dropped the ball or not been, um, you know, robust enough to be usable. What kind of recent examples have you seen of new technologies really having a, a particular impact in uh, construction projects? And then a second part to that, what factors do you think uh, really helped drive sure construction companies to, to adopt those technologies. A big, huge, you know, uh, you know, trending word is, is digital twins, but let's look at it from a much more sophisticated angle is that, you know, BIM models and, and designs, uh, incorporating those assets into an actual construction environment to show a lot of useful information, um, has a lot of inherent benefits and, you know, that could go from, uh, I mean, the main, the main, main things are avoiding rework. Uh, so, you know, uh, at any stage that, you know, you need to quality control something or check, uh, you can, you, you can kind of, you know, have a method to select that specific, um, utility or, you know, electrical component function, you know, piping, whatever, and, and go through the actual site and, you know, uh, you know, checklist of verification. Uh, aspects. There's, you know, 
planning and layout there there i mean um actually we we could get into all the the you know benefits that in, the in, inherent technology offer construction uh it's actually quite fascinating and and um you know it's kind of the, the reason for being interested in construction you know in general is this is he to see how the applied technology is kind of doing a little bit of the or you know somewhat of a good job of 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 um sort of the more obvious things of of the um you know the steps of verification pretty much is primarily what i've seen is that you know being able to walk a site and seeing that this is lined up properly and this is being laid properly and um and and to keep things sort of on on schedule but also be able to catch issues early and avoid uh rework is a huge mm -hmm. thing but i think that's where most things are stopping honestly yeah well let's lean into that a, a bit more what uh is really kind of most exciting to you about ar and uh vr and you know, like what's sure yeah what's 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 sparking your passion behind it yeah okay um well so if you know about you know augmented reality vr ar development it's um it's game development the engines we use are game development engines um and it, and it's basically a, a we're creating a runtime environment that is a 3d space uh, so the ability for the the you know functions and, and components of game development applied to a scenario like this is is kind of exciting. Um, there's a lot of obstacles that are you know exciting problems to solve. Uh, there's a lot of you know a lot of uh, uh, technology or I'd say I'd say more software utilities that are coming out to make uh, a lot of this more like easier and automated as, as far as a process, but. The, the, the problems that could be solved on a job site are what excite me. So you have your BIM models and designs overlaying, to, you know, different, different stages of the actual construction to be able to do all those, you know, quality assurance and control and planning and, and, um, and check and verification and things like that. But uh, what excites me further is, is that I think that there's a huge missed opportunity. And um, what we're looking at is creating uh, more of a, uh, a robust utility to say like a, a PM can can be on site monitoring like uh, you know well the uh, the holy grail idea is to be able to look at the whole site and see all the construction workers progress in real time information about you know the, the specific sites it, you know if you're walking um, through the site I guess without getting ahead of myself if we have a 3D uh, environment uh, we have the capabilities of including a lot of of information that's you know in the bim files but also uh specifics about the progress of what's happening on the site in a given job in you know by just walking up to it and being you know and it being aware of where you are in the actual construction site uh helpful information warnings uh specifications on a uh something that's being installed, maybe a door, maybe an elevator and the progress of where it is by just walking up uh, to the, to the area and looking at it. Um, all those are kind of sort of, you know, things that I see that are missed opportunities and I don't see being um, included in, in a lot of the utilities we see coming into construction and AR um, as well as the whole, you know, the back inside of things like having a smart, contextually aware uh infrastructure in the back end to be able to to um 
you know, not only pull in data that exists, but also communicate and, and um, contribute to the data in that same database or to be analyzed uh, maybe at the end of the day or just to, you know, some sort of functionality for it to be a two-way communication path instead of just a put this model into AR, walk through the site, okay, now we need an update or, you know, we need to update the model based off of the, you know, you know, words or submitted documentation or something like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's just the thing that excites me is seeing the, the, how, you know, the clear route to success in creating utility that, that kind of would seem to tackle a lot more of the issues, uh, that are not just stopping at the point of like, does this align or does it not? Mm -hmm. One of the things that is fascinating with when we talk AR and, and VR is, you know, there's been so much hype and, and talk about AR and, and VR over the last several years of uh, the the promise of a really cool potential for it. Why do you think maybe the adoption has been a, a little bit slower in the construction industry around AR and VR than what kind of was the original thought behind it? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of hype. Um, when you look at the possibilities inherently, it's it's pretty clear if you're if you can envision what it you know is is useful for. It's it's pretty clear, but we haven't seen it done well. Um, I'd say uh, the reputation of the tech has been soured. Uh, so I think what has what's been slowest is that um, it's you know, things have come to market too soon. I think the headsets, the, mm -hmm. the hardware has come to market too soon. Um, not saying that was any, you know, what I'm saying is that it, it wasn't useful enough when it first came out. So hardware limitations, there was a lot of, you know, alignment and drift issues. There still are, um, but the, like headsets like the Magic Leap 2 have, have eliminated a lot of those issues, which is you know, pretty significant and huge. So when you're talking about the detail of a measurement being off by, you know, eventually, you know, further and further you go away from aligning, you know, the model with the environment, it get drifts further and further away. Uh, that's a huge issue. Uh, you know, so, so a lot of those just hardware things are being solved, but when that, you know, when you're going to market with something that has those issues, some, you know, this, it's not going to be long before they, walk away and say and close the door on the technology and and then you know and then it's a long time before they open the door back up to even have the conversation again because you know if you get burned by that or if, if you you know yeah if you see something like that it's not very encouraging also the there's a lot of visibility issues with uh you know the the field of view that you would have in some of these earlier uh ar headsets and such is uh is you know, limiting factor uh, that is undeniable. And that's been something that has soured the waters as well. Uh, again, these are things that are right now being solved and, you know, the next headsets that are coming out, um, you know, that's just, a, that's going to be a thing in the past very, very shortly. Um, and then again, uh, the next thing is that I don't think that there's been a good job of, of um, illustrating the sort of needed workflow or, or, um, or you know, problem solving from an organizational standpoint of usability. So how is mm -hmm. this going to be used? What purpose? What's the user story? A, B, C, D of you know from boot up to you know to walk away and move on to next job on the 
on the site, uh, what is the actual use case there to where it's concise, effective, and you can move on. It's kind of funny because the the instances in which, you know, after the lear learning curves and and sort of honing in the workflow, uh, there have been proven benefits. Like it's it's significantly powerful in saving costs for rework and and uh, you know efficiently performing tasks that would otherwise take a lot of cons consulting with you know two D designs, drawings, and information, and being able to interpret that stuff. Um, and, and being able to envision them because quite literally, if you're trying to, in your head, work out like visually where this should be, you know, a diagram actually translates to real space. Um, you have the ability to actually, um, within even the AR headset, be able to select exactly what you're trying to go check out. It'll just lead you there or point to it or show you it when you look up, you know? Um, so that's, that's pretty significant. Um, and, and yeah, so. I think it's just been slow because there's been so many hiccups. Hey, innovators. Do you want to help inspire the next generation of architects, engineers, and builders? Applied Software Great Tech Group does too. In fact, they have launched a scholarship contest and need your help spreading the word. If you know any students or teachers who could benefit from the contest, Tell them to visit asti.com slash AEC scholarship for more information. Applied Great Tech is giving away over $1,000 to help students pursue their dreams. And we need your help to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? Let's make a difference together. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, with so many companies, one of the, the biggest hurdles is they uh, adopt the, the new technology, but they didn't really sit down and develop their, their full plan of how they're going to use it. They just are, are expecting the technology to come in and solve all their problems. And unless you fix that organizational structure and the, the strategy there, really no amount of technology is going to come in and, and, and fix it because it's not what the technology was designed for. You got to fix the, the fundamentals in order to, to go into that. Uh, uh, you know, I think there's a there's a a translation communication issue. So I think these software development companies that are creating these utilities, and I mean, it's you know, not just nothing against them, or, or you know, no negative opinion about what's coming out. It's you know, really good stuff. But I think there's a a component that's missing is that you know the construction companies that know best of how you know, like what the important information how this you know is going to need to be successful and 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 a collaboration of not only you know what it needs to do but what it could do i think you mm -hmm. know construction doesn't necessarily know what it could do all the way development doesn't necessarily know exactly what are the use it's a trial and error kind of thing as you're going to market and iterating upon and it just seems to be sort of a, a I don't know. It's a strange way to to do something. I think what we need to see is construction companies not necessarily hiring internally because I think quite honestly that that is shown to be a misstep, but collaborating with experts that are VR and AR experts um, to form a, you know, a utility, uh, you know, together uh, is, is I think the missing thing. I, until that happens, I think we're going to still see these things that are like half measures half useful, um, not, and no, I don't want to discredit, you know, the companies that developer development companies that have come to market with an 
AR solution, the problems that they've solved are incredible. I mean, the the CAD and um, BIM design files uh, are beasts. It's an incredibly large amount of data. Um, and the models themselves that uh, are incredibly complex. So rendering those things uh, or optimizing those models to be in a runtime environment without a giant workflow attached to that is uh, is a you know a significant undertaking. So it's you know it's definitely a development problem solving. The way they do it is, or the way I mean, I should include ourselves because we do this all the time uh, with our architecture uh, collaboration tool. But um, you know it. The, the things that the problems that have been solved in order for it to be at this point, given the hardware, mostly, you know, processing ability when it you know comes to one of these headsets mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, a little bit or comparatively to like, a you know, a, a smartphone, but tying in sensors, cameras, you know, spatial awareness processing and then rendering on top of it. Uh, you know, you have a lot of negotiation as far as as far as performance goes. So it's a huge puzzle to solve, and it takes it takes some very uh, clever programming to get around them. A lot of you know some graphics savvy too. Nice. So a lot of our our listeners, uh, hopefully the the majority of them are going to be the kind of early adopters when new technology comes out. They they like trying to try new things and, and be innovative. How do would you encourage them to uh, overcome maybe some misconceptions, uh, keep that that door open to new opportunities, new possibilities, uh, where maybe they've tried it a few years ago and it didn't go exactly the way they, they thought, but now they want to try it again. How a, do you encourage them to keep the door open, but then uh, really set themselves up for success to see the most significant advantages that AR and VR has to offer? I think, I mean, I completely understand how a company would walk away from the technology at this point and say, Hey, let's, you know, maybe years and years from now, it's, it's already an industry that needs to see it happen first, right. To, to believe it, they need to see it perform. They need to hear that somebody else did it and it saved this amount of money. And, Boom! There we go. That's usually it. And then if you try it, and uh, you know, and then you know, see if it's successful or not. Uh, without that happening, it's going to take a degree of just uh, sort of ingenuity. It you know, you, it's not every company that has the luxury of being able to, uh, you know, focus on the development of a new technology or a new potential utility. Uh, really at all uh that it's a, this is an industry that has uh you know some degree of label lab, skilled labor shortage uh and also there's an there's only so many so much personnel that have full plates so it's it's asking quite a bit for a potential client to meet you halfway in developing a new uh a new product yeah i agree i think that there's there's so much potential and uh, the the technology has really matured a ton over the, the the last few years, and it's it's exciting to see where it's going. Uh, paint me a picture, kind of over the the next you know five ten years. Where do you see uh, the AR and VR in the construction environment? What's what's kind of the future look like? 
Okay, yeah. Um, I think what I think is doable, you know, because you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is uh, for is that thinking AR is kind of a Swiss Army knife. It, it does all these things, and it's going to be the future. It's going to automate. It'll you know it'll uh, eliminate the the need for skilled labor in general. That's just not the case, uh, and dangerous to think so. Um, well, not I'd say more more about replacing skilled labor, dangerous, but um, it is definitely underutilized from the capabilities that come with having a 3D digital um, version of the construction site while at different phases of construction. And we also have the ability to tie in uh, aspects like a multi-user environment. So you can actually have, um, you know, not necessarily other workers with the AR headset, uh, but you could have details um, say from a management perspective of the, on the day, you know, what needs to be happening, what needs to be done by who, um, you know, the workers could be in the field or on the site with, you know, um, RFID markers that, you know, could be the size of this business card, uh, for instance, that could be tied with sensors on the site that are just there as a, you know, fixed in position for certain, you know, things that are happening. But having the uh, the the visual one to one of what's happening on the job site versus what is scheduled to happen, um, just with you know, like most efficiently, I think is a, an area that I would like to see developed further. Um, walking the site and being able to see real time data as far as uh, you know. The information, like I said, like an elevator shaft that's being uh, installed or worked on, uh, what at what point in the process is it at right now, uh, seeing the next step, when the schedule is for that. Scheduling in general, you know, being able to walk up to something and see all that back-end information that exists somewhere, you know, um, this is just examples, you know, but but seeing that and being able to pull it in and... and um, and and being able to you know on the day of see see being able to dive through the the story of what's going to happen there where it's at right now what its dependencies are what you know the progress of those dependencies where is the dependency you know being able to then go and follow that path either by showing you a map of the construction site and where it's at or you know there's there's possibility we could do navigational arrows to guide you but you know you kind of need to focus on where you're looking um, but. But then that leads you to the dependency, see the status of that dependency, who's working on it when it's scheduled for the next, you know, this or that. So it's very much a, you know, a limiting um, situation if if you're sort of just isolated and kind of knowing what it's good for and then creating the solution that it's good for. And But there's so many other things uh, that, that just take, I think, a little more asking from the construction entity to collaborate with to to be able to plug all this data and um seamlessly with the systems that exist uh you know to be more of a robust utility so that on a day-to-day aspect um you know you're actually seeing a, a huge gain instead of a you know hypothetical gain but you need to kind of you know uh you know i sort of see for yourself where where that capital gain is um, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you had to kind of boil it down and pick one uh, aspect of AR and VR that is kind of the, the top selling point, if you will, that people should try out and implement, what would you point people to? Well, I'd say productivity is the coolest thing. You know, I, I, we, we have visions for the future of where, you know, having everyday people like you and me be able to do something as complex as, as being able to, uh, you know, if your refrigerator breaks, for instance, uh, based off the symptoms, the model, you know, the make and the, 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 you know, components that make it up, understand how to repair it or what's most likely the issue you know, empowerment, like to that degree. So the automotive world, I mean, you know, that, that has a lot of, uh, implications, but, you know, just kind of a more of a robust utility that would help us, you know, just handle a lot of the very frustrating things that we go through and as well, like create a lot of fun and exciting and entertaining things, maybe socially, uh, like social gamifications and, and things like that. So there's a lot of interesting possibilities about the future of the tech. Uh, and I'm super excited for the hardware to catch up, honestly, but, um, it's, it's exciting and it's, it's moving, it's moving pretty quickly, you know, and that's, that's exciting too, is, yeah. you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it off and say that this is something we should start thinking about in it in two years from now. It's, it's definitely, if we're going to build a, uh, robust utility, uh, the infrastructure is the most important thing we, and you can always be platform agnostic with the asterisk, but yes. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited just in general yeah. for the capabilities. That's awesome. One of the kind of core tenets of the, the show is a, around innovation. So what does innovation mean to you? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yep. I remember this question. Um, <laughs> just as important as innovation is the intentional capacity to allow for innovation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Getting the, the white space to kind of sit down take your time, think through something and, uh, kind of dream it up. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. Well, how do people find out more information and connect with you? Oh, uh, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's, um, you know, probably the best way to, to reach out. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the easiest. I mean, I, you know, I, I, our website platformxr.tech is a good way. If you submit a contact form, um, you know we we keep up with those. So, yeah, I'd be excited to talk if anybody's interested on furthering the discussion. Perfect. Well, last question for you: If I could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry. What would you pick to innovate? Uh, let's see. Um, I think, and I know you're gonna, I know this is right along the, the lines of, you know, the things you, you know, I know I've heard you say is that sort of modular manufacturing or taking some of the components offsite. And what does that look like? Exploring that more into facility operations for, you mm -hmm. know, elements that could be modular, uh, installations into a construction site. That's really exciting. Um, you know, I see a lot of, I, I think that, that, that's something I would, I, I would uh, snap my fingers and, and you know, hopefully see uh, very soon. But that's a really exciting prospect. 
Yeah. I know you say that a lot, but it's a great answer. You know, I love modular. Like a, so I, I would, I would yeah. echo that snap. You know, let's keep snapping, <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, right? exactly. I think it's definitely the wave I, of the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think real quick about that? What's the logistical issues that you see most fighting, uh, something like that? I'd see, you know, there's, I mean, shipping logistics is kind of a pain. I mean, storage of these things, but it's not, you know, it's nothing we can't get over, especially with automated vehicles coming out, you know, on the horizon. Um, yeah, I think the yeah, biggest think? hurdle is cultural and uh, mindset shift that there's okay. the, the, yeah, the, your, your mindset and how your business is structured and the kind of the, the strategy and the approach that you're taking really has to, to flip a lot and, and switch from being project focused to just business as a whole focus because you're yeah everybody tries to tag the the roi on yeah. one specific project and the real truth yeah. especially as you're ramping up roi is not really going to be there on one on your first project especially it's over a long-term growth so it's a it's, it's the long-term play and um yeah you, you kind of sure. have to switch the the paradigm on its head yeah exactly and that's that's kind of the the um you know, the biggest obstacle we've seen in going to market with, you know, our in manufacturing and construction is kind of this exact same thing. It's a, it's, um, you know, it's understandable, it's understandable, but you know, once you have something that is established and everybody knows what it is and this is how it works and we have a process for measurement for the process and, you know, and all that becomes more and more difficult to, to allow yourself to think outside and, and, you know, innovate. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, we need the next, uh, we need whoever the next Elon Musk is going to be for, for construction. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come. <laughs> well, yep. I Garrett, think so. Thanks. Thanks yep. so much for taking the time and talking with us today. This is, enjoy yeah, the odd. conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.